You're listening to the Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the podcast. Today we are going to stray a little bit from my usual topic of marketing, but still something that is very relevant and very pertinent to all business owners. I have a special guest on today. Her name is Beck. She's actually one of my clients and members of my Social Superstar Formula program and community. And Beck is a money coach and because I'm an old finance nerd, reform finance nerd from way back, when Beck and I first met, we definitely bonded very easily and very quickly over our love and experience with numbers. One of the things that really stood out to me with Beck was that not only did she cover the mindset and the goal setting, but because she's got all that experience in the finance industry, real time quality experience, her service and processes with her clients is I personally believe second to none when it comes to teaching them how to manage their money better. And I just knew that getting her on the podcast to talk about this today would be something that would be really interesting to a lot of business owners, whether you're going from a side hustle to trying to be full-time in your business, whether you've gone full-time in your business, most people would understand that going from a PAY role where you're getting paid the same amount of money all the time, like I was, to running a business where things come and go and there's different expenses with business expenses than there used to be. And if you're a mom and a business owner at the same time, you're probably feeling that pinch as well of having to choose sometimes between do I upgrade my website or do I put my children through sport and pay their netball fees for this year? And some of that guilt, I know particularly women in general and particularly mums do feel when we have to spend money on other things other than our family and then when you add a business into the mix well I don't know about you other mums out there but I know that I definitely am well and truly last on the expense list in my family I'm certainly not first that's for sure Um, so as I said Beck is in my social superstar formula program and community which is where I help small business owners go from stuck to unstuck with their social media Media marketing and create a complete selling system using social media so that they can convert more of their audience from an audience to a paying client faster. So without further ado, I'm going to hand over to you, Beck. Can you please um, introduce yourself a little bit about your business, you and yeah, tell us about you. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> so I am the founder of Next Chapter Wealth Coaching. And as you mentioned, I'm a money coach. Now, I know everyone out there right now is probably wondering what the hell a money coach is because I do get that question all of the time. Essentially, I help people to take control of their finances and improve their relationship with money so that they can live life their way. So I work with my clients on a practical level so they know exactly what they need to be doing with their money to be able to reach their goals. 
Uh, it also makes sure that they have the right mindset and behaviours to support them on their journey to getting better with money. And like I said, you you have worked in finance before. So can you tell everyone a little bit about your background as well? Because I, while I love, you know, manifesting and fluff and, <laughs> um, and all that energy stuff, I do love that you've got the practical skills as well to help people. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of people out there that are calling themselves money coaches and solely focusing on the mindset, which is really important but if you don't have the practical actions to back that up you can get a little bit lost um so my background i have been in the finance space for quite a while now in various roles from customer service at a bank uh, all the way up to uh, a financial planner for one of the big four banks of australia so in that role i was charging people thousands of dollars to tell them what to do with their money they're essentially getting a piece of paper from me that said this is exactly what you need to do and while i was helping those people i wasn't able to help them in the way that i wanted to and i wasn't able to help the people that i wanted to as well Hence, Next Chapter Wealth Coaching was born, where I instead focus, instead of telling people what to do with their money, to educating and empowering them about their money so that they're able to make financial decisions with ease rather than having to rely on someone to constantly tell them what to do. Yeah, cool. And I remember when we first started talking after you joined the program, you said that when you were working in financial planning that you were helping people that had already gotten to that point that they could invest and you were really passionate about helping people before that point like get to the point that they could absolutely the reality is with financial planners in australia the fees they are huge thousands of dollars just to simply tell you what to do with your money Whereas there are a lot of people that aren't in that position and they actually need help getting to that position. So they are the sort of people that I want to work with so that everyone has the opportunity to truly get wealthy. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, full disclaimer, this is just what I know from working in the finance industry is that, you know, financial planners have got massive hoops to jump through from a compliance perspective Mm -hmm. um, and lots of regulation and regulatory bodies that they need to, you know, prove themselves to regularly. So there's a reason why it costs money to go and see those people. And that's, there's a reason why those fees are quite large because they do have to, you know, follow all those rules and regulations, but you know, you've got to get to the point that you're ready to, to see one of those people. And, and most people walking around out there aren't just doing the basics, right? Which is where you come in, which Absolutely. is, which is really cool. So I guess the first thing I wanted you to kind of expand on for everybody was what are some of the biggest challenges that you see people facing with their money health? And I bet you everyone out there will probably start nodding when you start listening. (laughs) Well, can I just start by saying that the struggle is real out there right now when it comes to people and their money. It's just mind blowing. Bank accounts are draining faster than wine glasses after five o'clock. And debt levels are becoming so unmanageable for a lot of people. To sum it up, people are running low on money and the amount of stress that it's putting them under can be quite crippling. Many people that I speak to at the moment, they just feel a complete pit in their stomach every time they even think about money because the number of expenses that we all have and that we're all trying to cover can be just completely overwhelming. 
And that's leaving many people feeling isolated from their family and from their friends because they find themselves having to choose between either having a social life and family time or having to hustle harder just to pay bills and cover any of those business expenses. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, especially coming up to Christmas, and I know we've spoken about this in a couple of our sessions is, you know, one of the big things this time of year is that people are like, oh, I've got to choose between whether or not I can go to a Christmas party or not. You know, it comes down to simple things like that. Absolutely. And what I'm finding at the moment is many people are just having to sacrifice from the things that they're wanting to do because uh, they've just so many different competing priorities in their life. There's so many different demands on their finances that they're just being pulled in a million different directions and it's really hard to know which way to go. Yeah. And then there's the confusion of how do you get out of it? Absolutely. Instead of trying to do, um, I guess, taking the constructive steps to get out of that, that place and, you know, create more of a place of abundance, people just try and replace it with more, more money. So that mm-hmm. just, it's more, more, more in making more money rather than managing what you've got and, and setting that up in a, in a better way, I guess. Absolutely. There's 10 million people out there telling you that the only solution to all of your problems is just to earn more money. Uh, but the reality is if you're not managing what you do have well enough, the extra money doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. For sure. So we touched a little bit before on the whole thing of, you know, money, health and mindset, because it is a bit of a buzz topic, you know, the whole money mindset thing. And like, I'm, you know, a full believer in having a good money mindset and, you know, understanding your, you know, self-sabotaging money beliefs and Mm -hmm. um, uncovering those and knowing what they are, you know, so that you can go on and and create more abundance for yourself. And so, and there's good reason for that because particularly for business owners, there's so much of what we do is associated with our beliefs about money. And that then reflects onto how we price our products, how we price our services, um, you know, our ability to, you know, invoice correctly. Like I know there's so many business owners out there that aren't even taking deposits for work before they get started and then they get burnt. So let's talk a little bit about money mindset and goal setting and where this sits in someone's overall money health. Absolutely. Well, the practical side of money as well as our money mindset, they really go hand in hand because you just can't have one without the other. So you could have the best money plan and strategy around your finances in the world, but If you don't have the mindset and the behaviours to support it and back it up, it just won't work. And on the other hand as well, you can have the best mindset in the world. You can be doing daily affirmations and journaling and calling on the universe. But if that is not supported by practical action, you're just not going to see the progress that you're after. Now, There are so many different aspects of money mindset and honestly, I could go on about it for days. So today what I'd like to talk to you about is what I believe is probably one of the most important parts of money mindset and that's our beliefs about how we are with money. So if I had a dollar for every time I heard the words, I'm just bad with money, well, I'd have a hell of a lot more dollars. As people, we tend to perceive our behaviours as an indication of who we are as a person. So most of us have had a time in our lives where we've been in a bit of a mess when it comes to money. 
And we got into that mess by making the best decisions that we could at that time with the resources that we had then and there. But unfortunately, people then judge themselves really harshly, telling themselves that that situation just means that they're bad with money and they start to believe it to be true. We tend to judge our current situation based on the results that we've had in the past. And that instantly puts a barrier up that blocks us from moving forward and making any genuine financial progress. But the reality is that no one is born bad with money. Being bad with money, it's not a gene. It's not something that runs through our veins. No one is bad with money. And it's really important that people understand that. And there is always an opportunity to adjust the thoughts and behaviours that make people believe that. In terms of how you can go about adjusting those thoughts and behaviours, as you mentioned, goal setting can be a really great place to start. Now, I know you've used this analogy before, Stace, but if you had to go somewhere that you've never been before, you wouldn't just jump in your car and start driving and hope for the best, right? Well, that's what people do with their money. They know that they need to get better with it. And so they start trying, but they end up doing things a bit aimlessly without any real sense of direction. Setting goals will give you the direction that you need so that you can start mapping out a plan to get there. Yeah. And I do use that analogy a lot. If anyone's done any of my (laughs) training, um, I usually start it with that analogy of, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you've got to jump in the car, put good old Siri on or the GPS if you've still got one of those and you have to literally follow all the steps. Otherwise you're not going to get to where you're going. You know, you can't just jump in a car and just, like you said, drive around and aimlessly think you're going to end up where you are. And that applies to everything in life. So what, you know, it's funny that people don't think the same way about managing their money as well. And that they just kind of think, oh yep, I'll just, you know, they start just like throwing out things to do to try and make it better with no structure. And that's where the goals come in. A hundred percent. So have you got some tips then on what are some good goals that people can set or um, just some general tips around goal setting when it comes to money health? Definitely. There are a few things to keep in mind when it comes to setting goals, particularly around your money. First and foremost, it is so important to write them down. You're actually 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you have them written down. If that's not motivation to write down some goals, I don't know what is. When it comes to setting goals, be as specific as you possibly can because with our money, the devil is in the details when it comes to setting great goals. So for example, if you're wanting to buy a house, you need to be way, way, way more specific than that. I'd really love for you to think of the details like, okay, well, I'd like to buy a home in Noosa. It's going to cost me $700,000. I'd like to save a 20% deposit and my deadline is by the 30th of June, 2024. So really getting as specific as you can. Now, on top of that, it's really important that you ensure that your goals aren't just tick and flick goals. You want them to challenge you and to keep you motivated and driven to keep moving forward. The challenge will keep pushing you along on the days when you're not feeling so motivated. However, you do also need to make sure that they're still attainable. So for example, if you're setting a goal of saving $100,000 a year, but you can only save $500 a month, 
that is only going to end in heartache. And my final tip, there are a whole lot of people out there that will say, I'd like to do this within the next six months. But without an actual deadline, that six months generally keeps extending and getting longer and longer. So it's really important that when setting financial goals that you pick a date and then you stick it in your calendar. Because I don't know about you guys, but I can be a really great procrastinator. And there are many times where I put things in the too hard basket and I put it off until I absolutely have to deal with it. Many of us work in the same way when it comes to our money. If we have a deadline that we have to meet, we make sure that we get it done. But if there's no deadline, we can just put it off and avoid it because we lack that same sense of urgency. Many people find it hard to progress towards building their wealth because they have no sense of direction and urgency to do it. Yeah, they're awesome tips. And it's like, you know, that's so true of any goal setting. It's like if I said I wanted to go on a holiday once a year, that's not as mo- that's not as motivating for me as if I said I want to go on a cruise because one of my goals is to do a Canadian and Alaskan cruise right with the kids and the family I've always wanted to do it now the kids are old I just want to wait till they're old enough to do it too but you know just saying I want to go on a holiday but having that vision of the specific holiday so for me it's that cruise in whatever year I've put it down to be in and Mm -hmm. then chunking your goals down from there makes it not only something more visual that you can go, yep, on the crappy days, I can see in my head what I'm doing this for, gives you more inspiration (laughs) to keep going through the (laughs) shitty times as well. But it also helps you then also when you're doing the practical steps to get you there, actually create more practical steps because you have to break it down into you know, how much do I need for a deposit? How much do I need for the second payment, the third payment? You know, all those sorts of things that are broken down into that goal. So yeah, flimsy goals won't get you anywhere in life. You've got to be specific and have them be measurable and attainable and time bound. You know, it's that smart principle. Um, Absolutely. So you've got all those things in your goals. A hundred percent. And I'm sure a lot of this, if we think about it, we can actually see that in our own lives because I'm sure that most of us have been in a position where we're kind of doing okay financially. We're cruising along, but we're never really getting ahead. Uh, But then something will come up like a holiday and all of a sudden, bam, we've saved three grand in three months. Because when we do have a goal and a sense of direction and a deadline, we create that genuine connection with our money. Money goes from being just a general facilitator of life to something that actually provides us with opportunities to have fun and live life the way that we want to. So all of a sudden it does make things much easier when it comes to saying no to a night out with your friends or perhaps for that second coffee for the day because you ultimately know that it's going to get in the way of what you're working towards. Oh, hundred percent. I've got a friend who's going um, uh, to the States in the new year and she's like, no, I won't be doing that, that over Christmas. And I won't be doing that because, you know, saving up to go to America and, you know, that certainty in her mind is just like, no, I'm, I'm not going to be swayed because I'm focused on my goal. I'm reaching my goal of going on this awesome holiday. <laughs> amazing (laughs) and yeah definitely makes it so much easier so and that's where the practicality side in comes from in the whole manifesting kind of thing you know you can't just sit in your living room 
with your legs crossed going, I want a BMW and all of a sudden <laughs> poof, it, it like lands in your driveway. <laughs> You've got to do the things to make it happen. You know, manifesting and energy and, and positivity and all those things are nothing without practical application. Yeah. So, all right. So we've, we've um, covered some of the pain points that a lot of people have when it comes to money. We've looked at the goal setting and the mindset. So after people have set some goals, where's the next step? What should they do next after that? Well, as we mentioned earlier, when you are going somewhere that you haven't been before, you need directions. But to get directions, you need, well, you need your destination, but you also need to know where you're starting from too. Unfortunately, when it comes to getting better with finances, most people only search for their directions with the destination in mind and completely ignore where they're starting from. What happens when we do this, it it means that the direction that we're heading in is often not ideal and can actually take us a lot longer to get there. So once you have set your goals and you know what you're wanting to achieve with your money, it's really important to get up close and personal with your finances as they are right now. This will really allow you to see what you need to be doing with your money and identify the priority that you need to be giving things. Because if you don't get that part right, it can mean that you're focusing on all of the wrong areas. The best way to go about doing this is to start by reviewing your current income and your expenses and getting really, really clear about how much you earn versus how much you spend. This can be such a valuable activity because the reality is that most of us aren't very aware of what's coming in and going out of our bank account. I do have a free income and expenses planner that I will share with the listeners that can make this all really easy to work out. Once you have done the activity and know exactly where you stand, it will really allow you to make financial decisions with ease and will eliminate that confusion you were talking about earlier. You know, I know when you're a business owner that it can be hard sometimes though to un- to kind of put a dollar figure on exactly how much you earn every month because it can fluctuate. So do you suggest that business owners maybe do like an average over the last three months or something like that to get a rough idea? Numbers definitely don't lie. So the more data that you have, the better. So if you've been in business for 12 months, ideally have a look over the 12 months because it will give you a great opportunity to identify the cycle of your money. We're all in very different businesses and run different business models. So for example, if you're in a product-based business, chances are you are smashing your income goals this time of year because it's Christmas and people are in buying mode and ready to hand over their dollars. Whereas you might find things a little bit tighter at the start of the year as people are trying to rein in their spending. I do also find that a lot of service-based businesses this time of year are barely earning any money because people are solely focused on getting through the Christmas period as well. So the more data that you have about your income and the cycles, the better that you're going to be able to predict the peaks and the troughs. In saying that though, there are a lot of businesses out there that just don't have that data yet. So as you suggest, taking a look at the previous three months and averaging that out can be a really great place to start uh, until you have that data that you need. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, when it comes to expenses, I, I know I'm so guilty of this, um, particularly with my business is subscriptions. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that I think the activity of you guys just downloading Beck's tool and going through, you know, averaging out your income, you know, having a look at what your peaks and troughs are. This is basic stuff. We need to know this information because this is how, you know, I even go through it with you guys in the program because you need to know this information so that you can market appropriately for your business. So not only does it help you with your you know, your financial health, it helps you with so many, many other aspects of your business to understand when your money has cycles and when your income has cycles, but the outgoings for your business, it's so easy these days to click a button, join up for a subscription for something. Oh, it's nine bucks. Yeah. whatever. <laughs> you know, and then when you go and list it all out, it's like, crap, I'm spending $350 on subscriptions and I'm not even using them. So, you know, going through and 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 completing that activity can be really eye-opening because it's so easy these days with with so much online it's so easy just to click and go oh yeah or oh it's christmas time i'm going to you know put $500 worth of stuff on afterpay and you know before you know it you've got six things on afterpay and <laughs> and then there's $300 coming out of your credit card every fortnight and yeah so it's definitely it's a really valuable activity because we sometimes just forget like it's it's on a payment plan you've forgotten about it but then you've got 20 payment plans <laughs> and, uh, and when do they end <laughs> well and my my biggest tip with this is definitely don't just do it once so yes absolutely your first time sitting down and doing it properly will be a big eye-opener and you will probably cull a lot of those subscriptions that you realize that you just don't need but it's really important to repeat the exercise because as you mentioned, it is so easy just to click a button, to subscribe to something else, to enroll in another course, and all of a sudden there's just money going out everywhere. As a general rule of thumb, I complete this exercise once a quarter. So when I get my electricity bill, that's my little trigger in my head that it's time to review my income and expenses. I actually did this yesterday and found out that my home insurance had gone up $550 a year. So I did a little bit of ringing around, got a better deal and I've just saved myself 550 bucks and it honestly took me about 15 minutes. Yeah. See, and that's the things that, you know, with everything on direct debit and being so easy just to sign up for stuff, you don't sit down. I, I can hand on heart say I, I haven't done that until recently. And it's funny, like you've prompted me myself to go back and do this. And I'm, you know, currently going through some of my own business subscriptions. And, you know, the other great thing that comes of that is when you get rid of some of the things you don't need, I feel like I'm way more invested in the things that I do. Absolutely, because you're making a very conscious decision every time you review that expense. Yeah. So for yourself, Stace, because you're so, so social media focused, you know, perhaps your scheduling tool is something that you absolutely couldn't live without, but there could be something else that's just, uh, it's not that important. So uh, it will allow you to save a little bit of money there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the value too, I guess. Like one of the things I looked at, it was two subscriptions that were costing me about around, you know, 90 something US dollars a month. And one of them, I was able to downgrade the package. So mm -hmm. I can, I've still got the platform. I'm still keeping the platform. I'm not getting rid of it, but I'm just downgrading the package because I don't need all the bells and whistles that I have on that package currently. And then the other platform I'm using, I did look at how to, potentially downgrade that package but 
it was going to be way more work and lots of extra stuff in the background that I had to do to save that maybe 50 bucks. And I just went, you know what? It's not worth it. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm like, just if you're not sure if, if it, you should cancel subscription or downgrade, just give it a try. So a couple of months ago, I cancelled my Canva Pro subscription, went to the free version. I lasted yeah. about three days. <laughs> I think I'd last two again. hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's all about just reassessing. And I realised that, you know what, that 18 bucks is worth every single cent. Yeah. So um, it's just all about determining whether or not it's valuable for you in your business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I kept one because I'm like, nah, it was going to create more work for me and my time's also worth money. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one was like, yeah, I don't actually need any of those um, extra bits and pieces. So I downgrade, done. And, you know, I felt really good. I feel like, you know, I saved myself probably a hundred bucks a month yesterday. Amazing. I love it. doing that. So, the numbers nerd in me is proud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, there's still a numbers nerd in there for me too, for sure. <laughs> so, all right. So we've talked about, you know, the goal setting, the, you know, income and expenses. What's your take on debt? Because I know I, you know, I use my credit card for pretty much ev- everything. Um, and for, you know, particularly business owners reconciling with, for tax and stuff, it's easier just to use a card because you've got the transaction there, your receipt and everything than using cash. But there's also a big stigma around debt is bad and that we shouldn't have debt. So what's your take on debt and managing debt? (laughs) This is a million dollar question. I honestly get asked this every day. I know that a lot of business owners, they do rely on credit cards and other finance to pay the bills. However, a lot of you are probably going to hate me right now, but as a general rule of thumb, it's best to steer clear where possible. Because on average, people spend between 20 to 30% more when they use a credit card as opposed to using money from their bank account. And that even applies to the people that paid off every month. The reason being, this just all comes down to the psychology of the human mind. We are far more connected to the money in our bank accounts or the cash in our wallets than we are our credit cards. So when we're making decisions to purchase, if the money's coming directly from us, we're far more likely to question if we need that purchase or not. So for those of you that are predominantly using credit cards, I've got a little bit of a challenge for you. Just try using the money in your bank account or the cash in your wallet for your purchases for one month and then compare it to the spending in the previous month because honestly, you'll be surprised at the amazing difference that this can have on your overall finances. Uh, and how easy it can be to make financial decisions when you do it this way. From a tax perspective, there are also other ways that you can track your purchases to make it easy at tax time. So for example, myself and all of my clients, we use an app called Money Brilliant, which I think I got you on two states as well. Yeah, I haven't fully started using it properly, but I like signed up for it the day you did that post about it. And I thought it was a fantastic app. It is fantastic. And you can simply go into your transactions and flag them as a tax expense. And then when it comes to tax time, it's all sitting there waiting for you, ready to go. 
Yeah. Awesome. And I guess the other thing is too, and that we forget about sometimes is that most accounts like my business account, my personal account, we've all got debit MasterCards or Visa cards. So Mm -hmm. you can have your subscriptions and everything coming out of those accounts. It doesn't all have to go through your credit card. hundred percent. And remember if, if in your head right now, you're telling yourself, oh, you know, but I'm doing it to get the points and all of the awards and everything like that. Just remember the banks don't offer that service or the rewards to be nice to you. They are making money out of it at the end of the day in fees and interest charges and everything like that. So you are better off using your own money where possible. Absolutely. And, you know, I know from my time in working in the bank, you don't make the amount of money in points back. Never. You never make it back. Like, you know, you spend, I think it was, I don't know, from off the top of my head, I could be wrong now. It's like something like 6,000 points, which might've been, you know, three to $4,000 maybe spent to get a $20 voucher. So (laughs) you you know what I mean? So (laughs) the the amount that you spend to get some money back or a voucher or some frequent flyer points or something, you've got to weigh up. Is it worth the annual fee or the extra amount of money that you're spending or the extra interest rate that you're being charged if you're not paying it off in full every month as well. Exactly. So, yeah, there's definitely downsides to to just to doing it just to get points on a card. But one thing that I, I wanted to add here as well, there is definitely I if someone loves using their credit card and it's working really well for them, do not be ashamed by that. Like if that is working for you, Keep it going as long as you're not absolutely blowing out your finances by doing so. The really important thing when it comes to managing your money is to find a way that works for you. And if that, if that way is working well for you, stick to it. Yeah, awesome. So then the next thing I wanted to discuss for a bit is something I know I'm extremely guilty of and I I'm pretty sure most of my audience would be too, because most of my audience are women and, and mums as well, is that as a business owner, one of my favorite things to do is to spend money on my business. But mm-hmm. I often feel guilty doing this. Like I said in the intro, sometimes it's like, yes, I really need to upgrade, you know, maybe you need to buy more stock or maybe you need to upgrade an appliance, you know, if you're, you're manufacturing something or I'm digital, maybe I want to upgrade to a better platform for hosting my courses or something like that. You know, these are the sorts of things that people have to do. Maybe you need to upgrade your laptop. Like it could be, you know, anything (laughs) as simple as that. And I say that like with a bit of a laugh because Beck and I had some technical issues with the audio and where she had to get onto a phone rather than onto a laptop and she was getting cranky (laughs) and saying she's going to go get a new laptop today. So yeah, I know I, like I love to, but I feel guilty, particularly when I feel like I have to choose between spending money on my family or spending money on my business. And this can apply to yourself personally as well is that guilt around spending money. So what, what sort of tips have you got for people to be able to spend money without feeling guilty? Because if all you're doing is just saving and scrimping all the time, you feel like Scrooge McDuck and that's not a way to live either. Spending guilt is real. It is such a horrible feeling. And as women, we are particularly susceptible to it. Because let's face it, we are living in a society where every day you're reading some article or hearing some news story about someone who's become a millionaire because they gave up drinking coffee or eating smashed apple on toast. And there are some so-called money experts out there that 
are backing this up by saying that you will never, ever, ever get ahead unless you scrimp and sacrifice every single dollar. Forget about ever having a life or even thinking about spending money on your business. But I want to bust that myth today because the opposite is true. One thing that I can promise you is that you will never get ahead financially unless your money plan and the way that you manage your money is balanced and sustainable. You do not need to go clip coupons or go live in a cage to get better with money. You're never going to get rich saving a couple of bucks here and there. First of all, give yourself permission to spend money on yourself and your business. So while it's never a good idea to go and spend all of your disposable income on brunches or the latest business software, you can't completely cut everything out either. Firstly, you need to decide what aspects you enjoy that are important to you in your current lifestyle as well as your business. So for example, after this, I am definitely going shopping for a new laptop because I run an online business and my laptop has been giving me grief. So I'm not going to feel guilty about making that purchase, even though it is quite expensive because it's going to make my life easier. For example, if you're a busy, exhausted mum and ordering takeaway once or twice a week keeps your sanity in check, keep it going. If you're so busy in your business that you don't even have time to think and hiring a VA is going to make your life more manageable, make it work. It's all about working out what's important for you and making room for it in the way that you manage your money, actually preparing for it so that you don't have to sacrifice one thing for another. Yeah, I love that. And it could even just be getting a cleaner. Like, <sighs> you know, we don't, like you said, you don't need to live in a cage or be clipping coupons. <laughs> <laughs> like the thought of that just makes you cringe, doesn't it? Yeah. It, just, it makes you just go, oh my God, is that going to be my life? And you see people that have lived like that their whole life. They're cranky. They're mm-hmm. cranky people. They're not happy people. they're not happy people because they haven't lived they haven't been able to experience life because they've been too busy say you know scrimping and saving all the time so I spent I spent good money on three things this year and Mm -hmm. I like I wasn't able to spend the money on them last year I've only been and it was only been you know the second half of the year after that kind of 12 month mark in business and Mm -hmm. and they weren't all business investments so the first one was hiring a couple of VAs because I can make more money with the time I was spending on those menial tasks. Number two was I hired a business coach and I shopped around. Like it took me a while to find the right one. And I was so happy with that investment. I didn't even care when I saw that money coming out of my card every month for the Mm -hmm. four months or whatever, because it was just so worth it to me. Um, And then the last one was the most recent purchase and I purchased a Thermomix. And oh, yay. I, I, love the I, uh, I was a skeptic. I am now a believer. <laughs> oh, yeah. 110%. I'm a thermi addict now. But to me, that was, you know, that's an, ex- it's an investment for sure. But to me, it's like, geez, it's so much easier to make dinner now. And, you know, I like to be able to 
cook real food. I don't really enjoy eating takeaway and I don't like the kids to eat it that too much either. Like totally, if that's what you do in your family, go for gold, no judgment at all. But um, <laughs> for me, that's something I like to do. So it's made life so much easier for me. And I don't even, I don't feel guilty about that at and, all. And nor should you. And I guess just to um, sing my praises for you as well, I made an investment in my business this year um, by joining the the social superstar formula and it's a tongue twister yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a tongue twister of a name of a program <laughs> it is but it is so valuable and the amount of time that i have personally saved in just floundering around on my social has been huge which makes the investment worth every single cent so once someone has identified what elements are important for them and their business all they need to do is work out the monetary value of it. So how much it's going to cost. And then they simply input that uh, into the income and expenses exercise that they would have already done. And they'll be able to easily see the impact that it makes on their overall finances. So if it doesn't tip them over the edge and things still look great, easy done, like you've made your decision. You may find that you do have to shuffle things around a little bit to make it work, but my message is play around with it and find a way that's going to work for you because there is more to life than paying the bills and using your money the right way is a great way to make that happen. Yeah. So people can put these um, purchases they want to make into your little free calculator and that will help, you know, help them budget for that as well. Yes. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. So like, for me, someone like me, I'm 40. I've got to get my hair done regularly. Otherwise the natural highlights come through. <laughs> I can put my regular hairdo <laughs> in there. You know, if you're someone that likes to get your lashes done or get your nails done, it, you know, you don't have to give those things up, but being, you know, practical about it. And that's, that's so great that you've included that in, in your calculator. That's awesome. Oh, yes, because that was out of necessity and selfishness from my part because there is no way I'm giving up my six-weekly hair appointment like over yeah, my yeah. whole dead body. <laughs> I 100% agree. Um, cool. So is there anything else that we haven't covered, like any tips or final words or anything like that that you want to get out there? I would just really love to say to all of the business owners out there who are struggling with the way that they handle their money, that things can and they will get better. Unfortunately, in the business world that we're in, there are so many people saying that the only solution to all of your problems is to earn more money and to hustle harder. And we're surrounded by predatory marketing that is just convincing you that you're a failure unless you're earning a lot of money. You know but, how I feel about that. I know. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. <laughs> But the, the reality is that more income won't help you if you don't handle your money the right way. And in fact, more income can potentially make things worse if you haven't laid the right foundations. So earning more income is kind of like salt in your cooking. A little bit can add flavour, but too much can definitely ruin the meal. Giving your finances some TLC as they are right now that will banish any of that money, worry and stress that you have and make your life a hell of a lot easier from both a personal and a business perspective. Because yeah. once you've done that, you're able to put focus on actually living your life rather than just paying the bills. 
I love that. And it's so true. There's, and I've said this a thousand times before, maybe not on this podcast, but definitely in like my lives and my groups and to clients that there's so much pressure out there to be, you know, having a six or seven figure or eight figure launch of something or to 10x your Instagram followers Mm. and, you know, all this sort of thing. There's so much hype and emphasis on more, 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 more. And Mm -hmm it's getting people into a state where they just feel like they're not good enough, that they feel that they can't be successful if they're not doing those things. And, and then you see people just going, they just give up, they just throw the towel in and, and off they go. And, you know, those sort that sort of predatory marketing is the exact thing that I say is, is can be so damaging for some people, you know, you live on what you earn. So if you just start trying to fix it with earning more, you're just going to spend it. So getting mm-hmm. these other you know, these other practical steps, right, help you be able to manage it better so that, you know, as your income grows, that it will create more abundance then, not just a bigger hole in the sieve for it to fall out of. (laughs) I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Cool. So how can people get in touch with you, Beck? So they can stalk me over on my website, nextchapterwealth.com.au or find me on Facebook and Instagram at nextchapterwealth. Cool. And there'll also be a link to Beck's calculator on the show notes for today's episode. So thanks so much, Beck, for being on the podcast. I'm sure everybody um, loved it and got something out of it, particularly at this time of year before Christmas. I know money is something that is on the top of everybody's mind. So I hope everyone has kind of left this feeling a little bit more chilled out and relaxed about it. Well, thanks for having me and happy spending over Christmas, everyone. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Beck. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Social Hub podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the socialhubau.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy.